Good day, and welcome to episode Mathot. Wheeling and dealing, will he get a chance? Yes, he will! Rebound! Scores! Of the Unparalleled Success Podcast, I am your host, Ryan Woods. I am a radio broadcasting student at Algonquin College. My guest today will be Nathan McCallum. Nathan is a friend of mine from back home in Gananoque, Ontario. We used to work together at Tim Hortons, and we've attended a handful of Sens games with each other over the years and watched a few more on television. Nathan and I are going to spend some time talking about the in-game experience at the Canadian Tire Centre. We're going to go over some rules that we each came up with to make the NHL better. Some of them are funny. Some of them are a little bit more serious. And as always, we're going to relive some Sens nostalgia where I ask him his favorite Sens goal of all time, his favorite Sens game of all time, and if he has ever met any NHL players or celebrities and when whether or not he has a favorite encounter with them. How's it going, Nathan? Very good, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Anytime. So we've got some games to play today because uh, we can only talk about how bad the Sens are so much. So we've got to spread out and diversify ourselves. So the first game that we're going to do is uh, a Sens in-game experience plus minus. We're just going to talk about some things going on at the Canadian Tire Centre. And if you are a fan, then you're going to give it a plus. And if you, you don't like it, then you can give it a minus. Sound good? That sounds good. All right, so the first item we've got is the commute to the Canadian Tire Center. For me, Ryan, this would be something that I would say is a plus. I'd give it a plus just based on while the arena is where it's at right now in Canada. For myself, coming from Gananoque, it avoids the trip through the city, unlike a lot of other uh, arenas in the league. And for me, that that's a big difference between... Um, going up to Scotiabank Arena versus going to the Canadian Tire Center, and I, for, and that's what I, that's where I would give it a, a plus over other uh, other teams. Moving on to the next topic, we've got parking. For parking, this was a tough one. I went with just a slight plus because there's some sections that I've found are easier to get out from and provide a good exit for the the long drive back home to Gananoque. Uh, I definitely feel like I've got a a favorite lot at this point that I try to get to. Uh, But there's always always a wait to get in and out of the lots, but I feel like that's pretty standard for any big, uh, big venue. And I've always thought that once they move the arena downtown, once they do, ha ha. Um... (laughs) That's a big if, but uh, there's not going to be any parking there anyway. It's Le Breton Flats. Anybody that's been to Blues Fest knows there's no parking. And after the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert a few years ago at Blues Fest, it took hours just to get on a bus and get out of there because there was like 50,000 people there. So for a game with like 20,000 fans is what Ottawa would be hoping would be a positive outcome, it's still going to be like the same amount of time that it takes you to get out of the parking lot in Canada, which is half an hour, 45 minutes just to catch a bus back to wherever you have to park downtown Ottawa. So for me, I I don't understand why the parking is an issue as is, especially right now when there's only 10,000 people going to the game. It's a breeze. The The parking area you showed me with the hill there it's one of the farthest lots from the building, but uh, 
you just you get out of there within five minutes as it is right now so you gotta love that lots of space right now do you have any thoughts on the security going into the game uh for me i said that the security i i put as a plus because while i've also never really had any issues with the security uh i went up to the game with a friend one time uh and he had an interesting piece of jewelry that was a uh, a chain with a padlock around his neck, and he didn't have the key to the padlock with him. And so when he went through the the detectors, obviously it went off because he's wearing a piece of metal. Uh, And some of the security were worried that he could use it as a weapon, but one of the the nice men came by and told him that uh, as he would have to behead himself in order to use it as a weapon or he'd be allowed inside. So I, I give them a plus because they're, uh, they seem like nice people and they seemed at least smart enough to figure that out. That's actually a perfect example of why I agree because they actually take the time to identify any potential threats and that's exactly what you want in a venue with security is they take the time and I would rather them do that and never have any problems than to say, you know, yep. get, get on through there and, you know, hope for the best. <laughs> Absolutely. Next item on the list is the Send Store. Before we get into a, a sort of the price is right sort of game I've got figured out with some very interesting items available for sale in the Send Store, general, general thoughts first on the Send Store. Is that a plus or a minus? Like it's uh, it's a little expensive, but overall it's a it's a bit of a a bit of a plus. I, I I'd be lying if I said that I don't usually pick something up when I'm up at a game, so I I can't really say it's a minus when I'm spending all my money there. Yeah, I've spent. Uh... A few hundred, uh, that'd be quite generous. Maybe maybe we're into the thousands now in dollars that I've spent at the Send store over the years. But, that sounds uh, right. <laughs> so one of the first items we've got from the Send store, they've got Ottawa Senators Baby Onesies. What are your thoughts on that uh, product? Oh, you know, good for the kids. You, you can't go wrong with starting them out young. That's definitely, that's a plus for me. If I... If I had a child, they'd be wearing a onesie. Oh, I don't know about... <laughs> could be a potential choking hazard, and oh. why Why would you want to influence your newborn to cheer for the Ottawa Senators? That seems pretty harsh. <laughs> That's a good point. Anyway, over-under for the price on Ottawa Senators baby onesies, do you have it over or under $20? Oh. I'm I'm definitely going to take the over on that based on some of the prices. Yeah, you've got that right. It's usually $30, but right now, and right now only, you can get it on sale for a very reasonable $7. Wow. And might uh, have to put that up and store it away. Yeah, for the future McCallum generations to come. (laughs) All right, moving on to number two. Infant Ottawa Senators EK65 jersey. Oh, as someone who picked one up when they went on clearance, I'd give it a a plus, but a, a minus for the fact that they uh, 
I don't know that they're that they're there. They traded the player. I I don't really know how else to put that. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if you picked up on it or not, but uh, it, it's specifically for infants, so it's like a size zero. Oh, oh, that's my mistake. I then I I I'd say a plus for the same reasons as the uh, as the ones. You start them, start them young. Mm-hmm. Now the only problem with this is uh, is that it's only going to last them for maybe eighteen months, and then it's never going to fit them again because you know those babies they don't stop growing. And the price for these are you going to give it over or under fifty dollars? Based on the fact that it's a Carlson, I'm going to go with the under on this one actually. Oh, you know, it uh, it's on sale for 20 right now, but usually they go for $60 and for a jersey for uh for an infant who's, you know, less than 24 months old, $60 for that jersey is just not uh, not going to happen. Not the not the bang for your buck that you want. Mhm. Of course, they've also got men's Ottawa Senators underwear. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So for a cold day on the pond, playing some pondy, you want to represent the boys. Now they come, it's just one pair, and it's packaged in a puck, so you'd think that uh, it wouldn't be too expensive. Are you going over or under $8? Um, I think I'm going over. I'm actually, I'm going to go with the under. Yeah. $8. No, it's $12 for one pair of underwear. Next up, we've got uh, Ottawa Senators drumsticks. You know, this would be a great item for anybody that wants to wear a chain and a lock to a hockey game. <laughs> so they've, it's just the one pair of drumsticks, nothing special about them. How much do you think those cost? I was browsing the uh, the senator's store just a few, maybe five or ten minutes ago before uh, you started. You were cheating. I did, I did see these. I did see these, <laughs> but I can't remember how much they were. I'm gonna say fifteen dollars. They were thirty six dollars. Oh, I'm way <laughs> off. Yeah, that's a tough one. You hate to see it. Mm-hmm. And then they've got lots of odd items. They had Ottawa Senators two-piece steak carving set for $60. Ottawa Senators five-piece kitchen knife set for 47 Lots of sharp objects for the for the Sen store. Lots of hazards. A couple of very interesting items I didn't know they had. This is in the collectibles section. They had a Mike Hoffman autographed NHL puck from his NHL debut. It was a game puck. How much do you think that went for? Autographed game puck. I'm going to say $70, 70 to 80 bucks, somewhere mm. in there. It's actually a fairly reasonable $56. Oh, wow. And That's then, not bad at all. No, yeah, that'd be a good Christmas gift for, for a diehard Sens fan. And then finally, we've got the autographed hat from Mike Hoffman's first NHL hat trick. So some fan donated a hat to the NHL Sens store that is autographed by Mike Hoffman that they tossed on the ice for his first career hat trick. Guess how much that's listed at? I'd say it should be maybe a cool 50 bucks. 
a hundred dollars for somebody's wow. generously donated hat. <laughs> a donated hat for a former player's hat trick. Well, that was a fun game. Glad to look at the uh, interesting items they've got for sale in the Sen store. Now back to the concourse. If you're hungry, you got to get a pregame or an inter intermission meal. Are you going to Burger Shack? I can't say that I've been, and I can't say that I'll, uh, I'll likely be attending anytime soon. More of a smokes poutinery man myself. Okay, so you're giving the smokes poutinery a big plus, but the Burger Shack, is that is that bad enough to get a minus from you, or you wouldn't know? The Burger Shack, I'm, I'm going to go with. I'm going to give it a solid neutral, solid zero here. You're going to go with a solid 2018 Nate Thompson. Not a, <laughs> not a plus, not a minus, but right in the middle. Absolutely. That's good. Uh, are you a fan of the uh, very notable Golden Palace egg rolls? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not. I've only had them once, but they didn't entice me to return. I found they were a little, little too greasy for my liking. Uh, just, uh, they just, they just didn't get the job done. I was expecting a lot more for, uh, for the hype that I had heard around them. I even considered trying them at last Thursday's game, the big overtime win against LA, and then I saw the picture on the menu board, and it looked like a burnt hockey puck. I wasn't having it. They, they do not look like egg rolls. Uh, growing up in an Asian household, eating and making spring rolls and egg rolls, that that doesn't look like uh, doesn't look like egg rolls. <laughs> so the unparalleled success podcast has determined the Golden Palace egg rolls are highly overrated, and they do not cut the mustard. All right, this gotta, gotta go with the minus on that. Yeah, this next one is a personal favorite of mine. Par probably the best part of the in-game experience at the Canadian Tire Center. What are your thoughts on my friend Spartacat? Well, Sparta, Sparty's a big plus. Big plus. He's good. Good with the kids. Uh, and he'll. And one of the things that I found is really important. He'll he'll always respond in some form if you say something to him or near him. He'll, he'll look right over and he'll do he'll do something. It does it does add to the uh, to the in game experience for sure. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Absolutely, me as well. When I was younger, I loved Sparta Cat. Still do. Always uh, take the time to give him a high five or a fist bump when the Sens are down by six goals in the third period. <laughs> Next up on the list, we've got uh, the Bell Phone Charging Station. This one, this one's got to be another neutral for me. I've never actually used it. Mm-hmm. It's a big plus for me. It comes in clutch in the winter when the phone battery doesn't last, and you you can't bring the your phone charger into. The, well, you can actually. You just don't want to because it takes up too much pocket space, and you're not allowed to bring in any bags. So go to the Bell phone charging station and socialize with some other people who suffer from being a fan of the Ottawa Senators. It's a big plus for me. Now we've got the entertainment portion uh, during, the, during the game in the upper or the lower bowl, wherever your seating preference is. How do you like the national anthem singers that they've had over the past few years? I kind of debated on this a bit because I was a big fan of uh, Mr. Slewage there, but 
I would go with positive. They've brought in some talented people, and the, the people that they brought in have done a fine job. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a plus on that. Yeah, I I was pretty upset when they got rid of Lyndon Sewage because I used to believe that every NHL team should have an anthem singer to identify with. Like the Philadelphia Flyers, they always have Kate Smith on the Jumbotron in the playoffs and they've got Lauren Hart now. And it's just sort of part of the team identity. But Moving on from that, the singers they have now have been good, as you said. So I'll give it a pass, like maybe a plus one. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we've got some new intermission entertainment over the past few years that uh, was really lacking for a while, but they've really upped their game. Are you a big DJ Prosper fan? Oh, absolutely. He gets he gets the gets the crowd going, which I think is a uh, pretty important for uh, intermission entertainment uh does a good job plays good music i can't complain right on what do you think of the new fan bony uh i haven't been to a game personally to see it but it's just a minus based on the uh you know i don't think anyone asked for it and i don't think anyone uh, is too big of a fan so it's, it's just got to be a minus for me Racing Prime Ministers. This is one where I feel I wouldn't enjoy it if I was at games more frequently, but due to the commute and other uh, events going on in life, I'm not at too, too many games in a year, so I enjoy it when I, when I see it. So you think maybe if uh, you were a fan that went to more games, it would get on your nerves and perhaps that they should consider some other options just uh, to have a variety of intermission entertainment. I think that would be more uh, more ideal. Uh, the air guitar cam. Um, some, some people seem to get really into it. It's fun to watch, but um, I'm just, I'm going to have to go with a slight minus just because I probably never do it. Bobby Ryan's All Stars. Uh, it's, uh, it's a little sad with uh, with that guy being scratched right now, but I'll I'll give it a plus just for the fact that he's he's doing something good with that big contract we handed out to him. Yeah, I I love what he does for the kids in the community. Even when he's scratched, he's one of my favorite players. I would be very sad if they traded him before the contract's up. We've already come so far. We may as well get over the last uh, three seasons, including this one on the contract. The only downside that this one has for me is they used to play Smash Mouth's All-Star during the segment, and they no longer do, which I think is unacceptable. I'm a I'm a big Smash Mouth guy. That's I, fair. That's fair. I, I didn't even realize they got rid of it, but uh, that that probably tells you about where I am on uh, on Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up on the agenda, the goal horn. Oh, that's a it's an easy plus. It's it's a good like a. Uh, it's uh, it's got its own sound to it. It's, it's iconic. I know what the Sens' goal horn sounds like, and I think that's really what you uh, 
what you want. You want it to be a distinct sound. Yeah, when people from other fan bases complain about it, you know you've got something good going. Yeah. <laughs> In arena music. Um, I'd say it's generally generally fine. There's a there's a good mix of everything. There's uh, a little little bit in there for everyone. Uh, and on that tune, I'm a big fan of uh, song two by Blur, being the the goal horn, or sorry, that being the music that plays after we score. So I'd, I'd give it a plus. Do you ever get uh, annoyed when they play some older songs that uh, maybe don't fit uh, the mold anymore, like uh, Cotton Eye Joe or Outcasts? Hey, yeah. Cotton Eye Joe was the only one that I could think of where uh, I don't enjoy it when they put it on. <laughs> Even when uh, they went on that run in 2015 and every time they were trailing in the third period, they would play it and the boys would come back, you're still not feeling the vibes? Uh, if it's for the good of the team in an event like that, then it was, uh, it was passable, but it just it, it doesn't, doesn't do it for me, I'll be honest with you. Okay. Overall atmosphere in the games? Uh, this is one where I I felt I feel like that can really depend on where you are in the arena. Uh, just because there's a lot of casual fans up in the 300s. Uh, I've sat near people who are on their phones while uh, the puck's in play, taking, like, taking a phone call. Uh, and people that are telling the people around them a couple facts that aren't actually too accurate but I think the, the I found the closer you are to the ice the more uh, the people around you are also engaged and I think that is something that really helped with uh, with the atmosphere and the experience in the game so I'll give this like plot mm-hmm. uh, overall experience uh I'd say I have to go with a general plus because I've given mostly pluses out for uh, for most of the um, the categories here. I, I find it's enjoyable the way it is right now, but I'm excited uh, if they eventually, hopefully, move downtown to see what the, what the new game day experience is going to be. There's always something to look forward to in the future. Is there anything you wanted to add from the in-game experience that you thought I may have missed? There was one item, actually. I, I thought about the, uh, the arena Wi-Fi through, uh, through Club Bell, and I think there's a couple other networks in the arena. I've had hit and miss with connecting it to it. You see some people in the arena who seem to know what the passwords are, but regardless, it's it's a little slow. Especially this year, I find that I, I end up having to use my data, and my data doesn't even work in the arena because it's in the middle of nowhere. So the, <laughs> the Wi-Fi is a, is a minus, unfortunately. That's fair. That's fair. Next up, we have another game that I, I came up with all by myself with no help from anybody at all. Humble brag. It's going to be the... <laughs> NHL rules you would change, create, or veto. I've came up with five rules that I would uh, alter, create, and I asked Nathan to do the same, so he's come up with five. We're going to take turns revealing our rules and telling each other how stupid they are. (laughs) Sounds good. 
All right. Did you want to go first, Nathan? Uh, sure. I'll, I'll take the first one. Uh, the first rule that I that came to mind as soon as you, you posed the question was the, uh, the offside reviews with the coach's challenge. I find a lot of the time it just has nothing to do with the actual play, and it's such a game of inches. You look at um, the name of the players not coming to me off the top of my head, but there was one in a, uh, I believe it was the Bruins and Habs, where the the puck was in his in the player's legs and it was just uh, it it had so little to do with the actual play and the actual goal that I just I, I can't get behind having to watch the refs look at an iPad for ten minutes to determine if it's a goal or not. I can't disagree with that one. I unfortunately I cannot tell you how stupid that one is. <laughs> You probably will be able to tell me how stupid my first rule is, but I actually feel very strongly about it. My rule, a few years ago, they implemented a rule where all rookie players had to wear visors to phase out all of the players in the league that did not wear visors. My first rule is all rookie players must wear full cages. What are your thoughts on this one? That's a that's a tough one because I can see the uh, I, I don't want to say the appeal because I don't think there's uh, quite as much appeal. But I don't know how much the players would enjoy that, but um, I can see the appeal from a safety perspective for sure. You know, you see so many players getting pucks in the faces. I I don't know. That's a that's really a that's a tough one. That's a tough call. I think you you'd have to ask a uh, Ask a player's opinion on that. <laughs> the biggest part of this rule for me is I have never once, and I've watched thousands of hockey games, I have not missed more than a handful of Sens games since 2008, I have never once seen a visor prevent an injury. That's fair. That's fair, I think. <laughs> I have a hard time thinking of any uh, any instances of that. And I have a hard time imagining one ever doing the, doing the job anyway. Anyway, moving on. What's your number two rule? Uh, the number two that I've got here is just a uh, an update to the draft lottery. I I'm not too keen on uh, giving every team that misses the playoffs a shot at a at a lottery pick. I I kind of want to whittle that down to top top five or maybe top ten uh rather rather bottom five or bottom ten teams in the league that would have the have some sort of odds at the the first overall pick or the top three i think a lot of people will agree with you on that one for me i remember a few years ago when ottawa was generally for the majority of that 10-year span from 2008 to 2017 they were always a bubble playoff team so I sort of like the idea of missing the playoffs by a few points you still have a chance to turn the team around it gives everybody something to look forward to at the end of the season and I think that in terms of the idea of the rule was to prevent teams from tanking and I think that that has been effective so far because they're like last year in January, we saw it. St. Louis was in last place, but they were still close enough that they finished one point away from winning the Central Division and went on to win the Stanley Cup. So, 
My second rule is, and this is a very innovative one, I've never heard anybody suggest this rule before, but in terms of getting offense up, when a penalty is called, you must keep the four remaining players on the ice that were there at the time of the penalty. If you're being penalized, why should you get to put out your four most defensively responsible players? You can make a line change after the first whistle, but for like the opening shift of the power play, you should have the four remaining players on the ice. That's uh, that's an interesting one. I, I I'll be honest with you, I never even thought of something like that. That's, <laughs> and it would it would open up. Uh, I think maybe even more more scoring because you get players on the ice at the start of the penalty kill that wouldn't normally be there which I think would be uh, it'd be interesting to watch. The Unparalleled Success Podcast, always about innovation. What's, <laughs> uh, what's your next one? Uh, the next one that I've got here is another, uh, another bit of a more general rule, uh, but I just one of the things that came to mind was an update to the, uh, the current playoff format. Like I think the, uh, the idea of all the rivalry matchups is, it's cool, but it just it gives odd matchups. Like I love seeing the Leafs lose, but I feel like the the general point that a lot of people make as an argument is just that the really good teams seem to play each other very early on in the playoffs. That's fair, especially last year. Winnipeg may have been a favorite to go on a deep playoff run, but they ultimately lose to St. Louis, and St. Louis goes on to win the Cup. And then, of course, Toronto losing to Boston every year in the first round, and Boston goes on to lose in the Cup Finals. So that's a good representation of the good teams bowing out in the early rounds. So did you have a a proposal for what would you like to see in place of that? Um. I I enjoyed more of um, the previous format that we had before this, with the, uh, the the three division leaders being at the top, and then um, the rest just kind of filling out. I think it made for some interesting uh, interesting matchups that you wouldn't have seen before, and it generally was a uh, best on best, save for weaker uh, weaker divisions. Yeah. That's the only problem I have with this one is that uh, like one year Florida won a division with 91 points and got to yeah. play the sixth seed of a result of it. So I wouldn't be opposed to seeing maybe just one through eight straight through without uh, any advantages for winning the division. That's fair. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. My fourth rule is uh, this one has been suggested by many people before, but I still like it. Get rid of the trapezoid. There's so many goalies that uh, like to go out and play the puck, and it's always hilarious when they get caught out of their crease and a goal ends up in the back of their net and they're trapped in the corner or trapped behind the net. So I think if you add that extra two-thirds of the ice behind the net, I think we'll see a lot more misplays and create some more offense. I'd agree with that. This was actually that was a rule that I had in mind. It's not one that I ended up uh, putting in my, my top five here, but that was a rule that I thought uh, was one that could use a little change. Right on. What's your next one? 
it's a bit more of a um, a joke rule, I guess. I'm not I'm not sure how uh, how feasible it would be, but I thought it might be a little fun to see, um, similar to how they do it in lacrosse, uh, the goalie actually go to the penalty box if they take a penalty, and you have the backup goalie play only for the power play, and then at the next whistle, I would assume you would have the um, you could have the starter come back and have the backup go back to the bench. I like that. I've heard some arguments that it would take too much time, but really, how long is it going to take for an NHL goalie to escape from their crease to the penalty box? Like 10 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm in favor of that. And now I believe this is the, f- the final rule. I'm, I, I'm losing track of my own show, but uh, is that where we're at? Uh, I've got one more after this, actually. Okay. Oh, and that means I've got two. I'm I'm dumb. All right, rule number <laughs> rule number four: all goals that uh, are kicked in high, sticked in, should be allowed. And the reason I say that is more goals, obviously, and it would be entertaining as as heck to see like players like how many high skill plays we would see with a pe- player batting a puck out of midair. And the the risk with that being involved is you're getting players hitting the head with the puck. Well, you've still got to be in control of your stick. You can't be taking a whack at somebody's head with your stick. But I just think it would be entertaining to see players like Sidney Crosby who have such great hand-eye coordination to be able to pull off these goals without any restrictions. Yeah, and I, I think a, a change like that kind of raises the skill bar a little bit. You can get players making different kind of plays that normally wouldn't result in the goal. And uh, a potential argument against that one would be that uh, players might like try and carry the puck on their stick, like the lacrosse style, and like gut through <laughs> players. So maybe, like, an, in addition to that, like create a rule like there's no carrying your puck, the puck on your stick while skating. So you could just limit right. limits it to batting pucks out of the air into the net. All right, what's your final rule that you would like to change? Uh, my final rule, again, was a bit of a, um, a I don't want to say a joke rule, but something that uh, I'm not sure, again, how uh, feasible it would be, but I think it would at least be interesting. Uh, and it was the idea of not stopping at uh, five on three, essentially, if there are two penalties. If another player takes a penalty going down to uh, to five on two and so on, I mean, obviously you couldn't have all the players go off the ice but I think it might be interesting to see like a three-man advantage or something just to kind of shake things up a little bit then perhaps the Sens could finally score on the power play is what you're saying that's a part of that's a part of the the boost of that rule there (laughs) I was actually thinking the other day when watching a a three-on-three overtime game is that uh, when a team is on the penalty in overtime if they were to be two men's down, two two men down, sorry, it would be a five on three. So if you have like thirty seconds left in the overtime and you're down one man, what's to stop you from grabbing a hold of every player on the other team? Because you can only go down to five on three. Right. So you're just gonna kill the clock off. So I I think that that would be interesting in certain scenarios to to have like a five on two power play. I like that rule. And my final rule is the All-Star game sucks 
right now. So the only the only all-star game that matters in sports is the MLB because it determines home field in the World Series. Right. Nobody cares about a three-on-three tournament with John Scott as a captain. I'm sorry. <laughs> Great moment the once, but has anybody, sorry, has anybody said anything about the NHL All-Star game since that year? That's fair. I I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I've watched it since the uh, since the John Scott uh games. <laughs> so either get rid of the All-Star game or make it matter and a million dollars to the winning team doesn't matter. They all already have a million dollars for the MVP and for the split checks for the tournament winners. So you know what does matter? Home field in the Stanley or home ice advantage in the Stanley Cup final, I think would at least make it somewhat watchable. And if you went back That's to fair. the West versus East format, because when I was 10 years old in 2009 and that was the setup that they had, I actually looked forward to it. So, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. All right. Well, thank you for your rules. I I enjoyed that. Always uh, fun to get creative. Yeah. Uh, next topic. What are your thoughts on the current season for the Sens so far? We're going to talk a, a little bit about a little bit about that. Uh, you know, Brian, it's a little interesting because. Uh, when I thought about this last night, I wrote down that I thought the team had looked a, a little better than I expected recently. And then I watched that uh, Senators-Hurricanes game, the 8-2 to two loss there. And it kind of really reaffirmed my, uh, my beliefs that I really want that top pick and I think we're going to come close or we're going we're gonna to be in that, in that mix, in the good odds on the draft lottery this year. Do you have any favorite prospects on the team currently? Um, down in uh, down in Belleville, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, Vitaly Abramov. Uh, he's a ni- nice young man, great uh, great goal scorer. A little small, but he, he works very hard. I definitely would be uh, the prospect that I'm uh, I'm most excited about. And feel like I'm rooting for. Are you keeping your eye on the Shark Tank? Uh, I am for the most part. I feel like it's not going to last, but knowing how bad uh, Martin Jones is, I think it's uh, it's entirely possible that they finish in the uh, in the bottom ten and really gift us a uh, a good pick here. And if they even miss the playoffs by a few points, that would be pretty cool if we had an opportunity to have two potential lottery picks even if the percentage chance of us winning isn't even the best but yeah martin jones save percentage is 888 right now so it's looking pretty good if you're a sense fan moving on to the final five questions i always like to ask my guests a bit of uh take a look back at some nostalgic sense moments from over the years do you have any favorite under-the-radar players of all time who have played for the Ottawa Senators? Um, I'm not sure how uh, under-the-radar he might be due to a, a certain scandal last year, 
but I'm going to go with Chris Weidman on this. Uh, I found I really enjoyed his. Uh, he did a couple locker room interviews a few years back, and I I enjoyed his, uh, his comedic style. I guess you could say. Uh, and he he always seemed just a little underappreciated as a really good uh, third pairing defenseman. So he's definitely someone that I enjoyed to watch, and I liked seeing him uh, off the ice as well. Do you have any favorite players who have never played or have never been drafted, like basically never involved in the Senators organization? It's, it's funny. A few years ago, I would have gone with John Tavares off the top of my head. But uh, that's that's switched in recent years after he joined the, uh, the blue team. So I'm going to go with Brock Besser. Uh, he's a good player, and I found he's very likable. I, I ended up watching just like a mini documentary series about him and his life growing up, and he seems like a, a really good guy off the ice. He's one of the few players that's not on the Sens where I, I would wear his jersey. He took uh, a young lady to prom last year. They did a special on it on Hockey Night in Canada. So he's done great community work. I had him high on the draft list in 2015 I wouldn't have been upset if they had have picked him instead of Colin White when they did I was re- I really liked what he did for the his amateur hockey career and he's definitely carried that over into the NHL and I he's absolutely right up there on my list of favorite NHLers as well do you do you get the chance to stay up and watch too many Canucks games right now not not at the moment but they're definitely a team that I'm uh a following off to the side, we'll say, uh, just because he, like, he's likable, and they're also a, a, they've got a lot of very good players right now. All right, back to the Ottawa Senators. Do you have a favorite Sens goal of all time? I kind of, I went a bit back and forth on this, but I'm gonna go with uh, Bobby Ryan's overtime winner in uh, game one of our series against Pittsburgh. Justin Schultz pinching. There's a chance for Bobby Ryan trying to pull away. Ryan by himself. He scores! What a rush. A breakaway goal for Bobby Ryan. And Ottawa wins game one. Uh, I loved I loved the rush. Seeing him speed up all of a sudden uh, was a nice goal. And I remember at the time feeling like it, it proved that we could really... Uh, we could hang with the Penguins even if we ended up losing. And I've always been a, a fan of Bobby. And you said you were going back and forth on that one. Did you have a close second that came to mind? Uh, there was there was a couple other ones, just all from uh, all from that playoff run. There, I I could have gone. I feel like with any of uh, any of Ryan's goals, and uh, MacArthur's overtime winner against the Bruins was another one that I really. Uh, I definitely thought of right away. Carlson ready. Doesn't shoot it here. The pass to the side of the net. Score! Ottawa wins the game. Ottawa Senators win the series. Do you have a favorite Sens game of all time that you either watched on TV or even in person? Um, I went a little, uh, a little basic on this one, I guess you could say. The, uh, the six to one Sends Habs, uh, I believe it was game three in 2013. Into the back of the net, now we're going to have a war here in the center ice zone. Holy cow. You are telling me. 
White is getting it left and right from the big defenseman, Jared Cowan. With the puck again at the blue line. Might get it again. Now the score comes from in front of the net. Albertson is coming up behind it. And it's a hat trick for the young guy. Uh, it's, a, it's just a personal favorite of mine. I've got a lot of memories of watching the game itself. Pajot's hat trick, the line brawl and everything was just... It's it's one that you certainly wouldn't uh, wouldn't forget. And have you ever met any NHL players or celebrities, or do you have any favorite stories from an encounter with one of them? Um, I've met a few players through uh, through fan fest and uh, hometown tours. Uh, definitely, my favorite encounter was with. Uh, Alex Burroughs at Senator's Fan Fest a few years ago. Uh, met him very, uh, very funny, very nice. Uh, the the girl I was with at the time, uh, she and I went and uh, got our stuff signed by uh, signed by him and Ryan Dezingle, and he asked us what our uh, what our plans were for later. And if we were going to uh, cuddle on the couch, and I always, I always got a kick out of that, and that's definitely a, it was a very memorable experience for sure. I wasn't sure if you were gonna choose to tell that story or not, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> very close to, uh, close to the heart. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us on the Unparalleled Success Podcast episode, Mathot. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, maybe having you back sometime. Thanks very much for having me, Ryan. I'd love to come back. I would like to once again thank Nathan McCallum very much for joining the Unparalleled Success Podcast today. You can give Nathan a follow on Twitter at McCallumNathan. That's M-A-C-C-A-L-L-U-M, Nathan he likes to tweet about the sends on there. Thanks for him joining the podcast today. Had a great conversation about the Ottawa Senators. Right now, I'm going to go and study for a radio programming midterm exam. Thank you all for tuning in and giving a listen to Episode of Thought. Have a great day. And as the joint would say, Go Zens, go! <laughs> <laughs>